Elevates trusting all is well, well is all. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Elevated Frequencies reading segment. I'm your host, Sherry, also known as Shy Shy, also known as Nyla Rex of Elevated Frequencies, where we are reading the Akata series. And as I announced last week, we are coming to an end with part two of three. We are currently on Akata Warrior, and next will be Akata Woman. Last week, we read on pretty much caught ourselves up after the whole thing with Ekwensu and other masquerades that decided to join the party. And the experience that Sunny had with the Most High, their return home, the anxiousness of what's going to happen when the council gets a hold of them. But they went back to where they were in Lagos with Chuku and Edbeo. And Chuku is acting a little weird. So Sunny is under the impression that a trust knot was, was, was done on her brother. But now she questions, what all does he know? And I have to say I'm there with you, Sunny, Because I want to know too. But then, clearly, he showed he still has feelings which, which for Chi-Chi, but Chi-Chi fell in love with Sasha all over again, with him saving her life and all, you know. <laughs> but uh, Chuk was not too happy about that, apparently, on their way home. He's speeding like a speed demon and driving aggressively, so that shows a little normalcy. But let's see what happens this week. We'll be reading chapters 33 and 34. Next week following, we'll be reading 35 and 36, which will be ending the Akata Warrior book. And we'll be moving on to Akata Woman, which again, I will read the beginning of it for when we read 35 and 36. I feel like it's only fair because of how short these chapters are ending the book with. Last week was about 15, 20 minutes. This week, I feel like it'll be around the same. So bear with me and still give yourself a moment. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it at all. You only get, I mean, I trust that you give yourself more throughout the week, but this is my way of encouraging you to at least take one break throughout the week to give yourself 10 to 15 minutes, even five minutes of some serene zen But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this, shall we? Chapters 33, Grass Cutter Stew. An hour later, about halfway through the drive back, they stopped at a raggedy looking shack on the side of the road. It looked as if the next rainy season would wash it away. The walls were made of worn out wood, the roof made of tin. Behind and beside it were tangles of trees, bushes, and plants. There were no buildings to its left or right. The shack had no sign. Yet there were parked cars all along the roadside. What are we doing here? Chichi snapped. Lunch, Chuku said, putting the car in park. They They serve food in there? Chichi asked. And you want to go in and eat it? 
Do you want to die of dysentery? Sasha snickered. Why not just wait until we see a better place? Sunny asked. Don't let the look of the place fool you, Chuku said. I'm not just stopping here randomly. Adbeo told me about this place. He said it served some of the best grass cutter stew he's ever tasted. He said the meat is so sweet you'd think they fed the thing chocolate for a year before they slaughtered it. Let's do it, Sasha said, getting out of the jeep. My father had grass cutter meat the first time he came to Nigeria and hasn't stopped talking about it since. I want to try it. Chichi got out too. I know good grass cutter stool. Let's see if Edbeo knows what he's talking about. Orlo was still in the car, frowning. Sonny got out and opened his door. He didn't have to say anything. She knew what he was thinking and why he was frowning. She took his hand. Come on. They are not going to be serving the meat of flying grass cutters. Just the regular kind. And you can eat something else. If it makes you feel better, I will too. I've never liked eating grass cutter. Even before we made friends with a giant flying one. Orlu sighed and got out of the jeep. They both heard a soft grunt directly above them. An image of lush bush bloomed in Sunny's mind. Greshkota was going into the bush behind the building to see what he could find to eat. Okay, Orlu said. How will he know when we leave? Sunny quietly asked Orlu as they followed Chupu, Sasha, and Chichi. Orlu smiled mysteriously. I'll tell him. The grass cutter stew was indeed the best on earth, at least according to Chichi. Sasha ate three bowls, Chuku four. By the time they were all done, he and Chuku were in such high spirits that they were talking and laughing at each other's jokes. It's like they are drunk on stew, Sunny told Chichi as they walked out the front door. The owner of the restaurant had told them the restaurants the restrooms were in the back. Sunny wasn't too confident about what she thought she'd find. If worse came to worst, she was content with going in the bushes. Well, it was good stew, Chi-Chi said, pricking at her teeth with a pinky finger. They make good agbano soup too, Sunny said, with chicken. They just need to do some remodeling. Chichi said, at least a sign for the place. Word of mouth can only go so far. The sun was setting, but the heat of the day seemed intent on staying. The pepper soup Sunny had eaten was extra spicy. Not tainted pepper spicy that left her tongue and mouth tingly while enhancing the flavor of everything else she ate. Just a normal type of spicy that warmed every part of her and cleared out her sinuses. This warmth mixed with the heat of outside made her feel a little dizzy. As soon as they walked to the side of the shack, the chatter from the filled dining room receded. 
The grass here was tall and unkempt. A narrow path through it, roughly hacked. When they got to the back, the grass was shorter. Sonny expected to see Grashkota at work here, making the grass even shorter. But he was nowhere in sight. On the back of the shack was a large door with garbage bags on both sides of it. The door was ajar, and Sonny heard the clink and splash of cutlery, cups, and dishes being washed. There was a small clearing of dirt directly behind the shack, where a large, thick wooden table sat. Behind the table were three red outhouses with red tins and tin roofs, and began the behind the outhouses, more trees and bushes, bushes grew. Disgusting, Chichi said, stepping up to the large table. It was slick with congealing and dried blood. Bits of meat, there was even a chopped off paw, and milling flies. I hope this isn't where they cut the meat they use in the restaurants. It probably is, Sunny said, the food in her belly rolling. Chi-Chi picked up the grass cutter paw and held it up. Ugh, Sunny said. How can you touch the... Chi-Chi looked past Sunny and her eyes grew wide. Oh my God. Sunny stared at the source of the clicking. Then she quickly slapped the grass cutter paw out of Chi-Chi's hand. But really, it was a useless gesture. If the oily-looking black vultures with wingspans wider than her height standing on top of the outhouses had wanted the paw, they'd have taken it long ago. There were five in all. The click-clacking sound was their talons on the tin roofs at the outhouses as they moved around. They're they are probably here for the meat when they are chopping it up, Sunny said. Disgusting lazy birds. I'll bet they live here, scavenging off whatever the restaurant people throw away. She shook her head and started to step away. I'm going to go pee in the bushes. I'm not going near those vultures, let alone those nasty outhouses. I can smell them from... Sunny, Chi-Chi said. And that's when Sunny noticed that Chi-Chi wasn't even looking at the vultures. She was looking toward the trees. As Sunny turned her eyes in that direction, she felt every hair on her body stand up. There was a ringing in her ears and pressure on her face. Sunny's nostrils flared. She smelled smoke. A very specific type of smoke. Shh, she said, still staring toward the trees. Don't speak. Sunny had to resist the urge to scream. If she screamed, someone from the kitchen might hear and come to investigate. Then he or she would see the glorious giant, bristly spider with legs powerful enough to part trees standing in the shadows. Would seeing your diet be a breach of the leopard rules? Your died was more than a magical beast. Your died was one of Chukwu's deputies, a deity.
Udai blasted a thick puff of breath at them. Burned houses, that was the specific smoky smell. Sunny and Chi-Chi clutched each other. The soon-to-set sun beating against their racks. Didn't I tell you that I can find you anywhere? Udai asked, her voice vibrating in Sunny's head like a passing train. By the look on Chi-Chi's face, the same was happening to her, too. The venom of my people is bound to your very DNA. I know what you want, Chi-Chi said, straining. A line of red tumbled from her nose to her lip. Sunny touched her nose and found that hers was bleeding as well. Please! You have heard rumor, Yudai said. You have heard myth. You have heard gossip. You know what I ask. Sunny shook her head. We don't... We can't go in there, Chi-Chi said. She paused. Sunny was shocked to see that Chi-Chi looked absolutely horrid, tears streaming down her face. The last time my mother was there, they nearly killed her. She took a deep breath. Because of me. They nearly killed her. It is a story, the spider says. My story. Written as a gazelle on a table-shaped Mobius band made of the same material as your juju knife. Albino girl of Nim. So you will recognize it. It will call to you. It cannot be broken. It is mine. One of my greatest masterpieces. It belongs to me. Go there, get it, and bring it back to me. My venom is in your blood. The doubled albino girl is a Nim warrior. This story has made that clear. She will be your woman, show. Sunny frowned, rolling the idea in her mind. Woman, show? Her brother had worked as a man, show during wrestling matches when he wasn't wrestling, a bodyguard. She would be Chi-Chi's bodyguard. You are a Nim warrior, Sonny, like your grandmother, Yudai said, retreating into the trees. Her voice was fading now. My venom is adhered to your DNA. Then she was gone. Chi-Chi stood there, silent, tears flowing from her eyes. Let's go, Sunny said, putting an arm around Chi-Chi. Never had she felt so much taller than her best friend. So much bigger. Physically, so much stronger. Chi-Chi looked up at her with trembling eyes and pressed lips. What is it? Sunny asked. Why are you looking like that? Chi-Chi only shook her head and tiredly looked away. Let's just get home, Sunny said. We'll deal with all this later. End chapter 33. Chapter 34. Judgment Day. The council came three hours before daybreak. 
Chuku was able to drop off Chichi at her hut. Then he dropped Orlu and Sasha at Orlu's house. Grash caught the following Orlu and landing in his compound safely hidden behind the house's surrounding wall. At home, Sunny had time to greet her parents, peek into Yugana's room where he just grunted a hello and went back to sleep, take a shower, and unpack her things. It was just as she lay down to get a few hours of sleep that she felt her toes tingle. Then she felt the tingle travel up her body all the way to the top of her head. And it was in the center of her head that she felt the tug. Oh no, she whispered as she pulled through her bed sheets and as she was pulled through her bed sheets and window. Then there she was, standing barefoot in her nightgown in front of the council car. Get in, the driver said in an American accent in Igbo. She was a small woman with a long, straight black hair, lots of makeup, and large earrings that clinked when she turned her head. Sunny got in. On the front lawn of the library, Grashkota was chained, shackled, and muzzled. He lay there, looking forlornly at Sunny as he passed. she passed. He would flicker into invisibility and then reappear, groaning in despair and biting at his chains. Hang in there, she, Sunny said as she was ushered inside. We'll get you free, she hoped. She hoped. Move. Sonny's escort said, shoving her along. Worry about yourself. Sonny would never forget the black classroom in the Obi library. Even the leather seats and the table were black. Sitting in the plush chairs were library council members or officials or executioners. Sonny didn't know or care. They all looked like they could be her angry, mean aunt or unforgiving uncle. The only one Sunny recognized was sugar cream. Sunny went and stood with the others before the table of adults, feeling irrational with fatigue and anger. She fought back tears of rage. Pull yourself together, Olu whispered to her. Grashkota's life depends on it. Enyanwu, she said in her mind, I'm here, Enyanwu responded. She felt her muscles relax as she stood up straight and faced the stern, mostly unfamiliar council members. Some were her mother's age. Most of them were much older, but Sunny didn't care. She was in a sort of zone. Again, here you are, Sunny Noazu, an old woman said to her in Igbo. She wore her hair in thin, white-gray braids and looked more ancient than sugar cream. Your third offense. You think nearly dying at the hands of a djinn would teach you to follow the rules. Yet, here you are. And you've dragged your oha cotton and a grass cutter into the trouble with you. Orlu stepped forward. Sunny put her hand on his shoulder. I've got this, she told him. 
She was shaking, but it wasn't from fear. She felt she would burst if she didn't say what she desperately wanted to say. She told them everything, from the beginning to the current moment. She spoke about her brother being in the secret society, how she ended up thrown into the Obi library basement, the gin, the dreams, being doubled, meeting with Bola, Legos, you died, almost facing death, and then Osisi and their great battle with Ekwensu, the Aku masquerade, and Ekwensu's minions. But again, she kept her encounter with Chukwu to herself. When she finished talking, the council officials just stared at the four of them. For several minutes, it was like this. They did not discuss among themselves. They did not write things down. They did not ask questions. They didn't even move. They just stared. To be doubled is very sad, Sugar Cream finally said. Death is always close by, but for you, he will always stand behind you. Recalling the image of death in her peripheral vision, Sunny felt the shiver run up her spine and an uncontrollable urge to burst into tears. Almost. She remained stoic, mostly due to Anyanwo holding her steady. Your brother, a tiny dark-skinned man about her mother's age said, we didn't alter his memory. We gave him the choice of forgetting or entering a trust knot. We told him that to enter the trust knot was the hazardous choice. He was still under the yujo, screaming with terror every few moments. And even then, he chose not to forget. Instead, he chose to remember and suffer because he can never share the memory. We don't normally allow this with lambs, because with the wrong people, this can cause madness. But for your brother, due to the circumstances and his passion to protect you, we allowed it. What will you do with him now? Protect him, Sunny said, before she'd fully thought her answer through. Again, the silence. Not long after that, the four of them were told that they could go. Outside, Grash Kota was released, and quickly, calmly, steadily, they all walked away from the Obi library. It didn't matter that it was nearly morning, and they weren't sure how they'd get home. Best to leave before the shock the council members were in wore off. Best to not run in order to maintain the look of innocence. Once they reached the Leopard Knock shops, they climbed on Grashkota and off they flew. In chapter 34. Here we go, you guys. Short and simple. Again, like last week, but a little bit longer. 23 minutes and counting. <sighs> I have to take a deep breath because I am so happy that the council did not use them as an example, even though it was not necessary. 
They went hard. And certain times in order to complete something, you have to make certain sacrifices and go against certain risks that scare the hell out of you. But you still got to push past that fear and move in your faith and trust the process. And I'm just so grateful that they were able to walk away from the OB library as a cousin, along with Grashkota. But now, where is you died sending them? Clearly, Chi-Chi does not want to go. But we're going to find out where they're being sent. I trust that you guys enjoyed these short but sweet chapters of 30, 33 and 34. Next week, we will be reading chapters 35 and 36. And again, I will be including the first or beginning chapter of Akata Woman. Enjoy the rest of your week. And always remember to wind it down, my love. And slow it down, my love. Don't overflow this love. It's gonna be done. So wind it down, my love. Stay true, stay up. Namaste.